0: Welcome and good morning to all of you who are joining us online today. Thank you for joining us uh, for our online service. And uh, indeed, I was so blessed by the time of worship earlier. We must not forget we are children of God. Amen? We are children of God. And whatever news that may come, it will not shake us because our identity is firm in the fact that we are children of the living God. Amen, amen. And indeed, uh, we can't deny what a week it was, you know, with all the news coming in. And I understand it is a turbulent and really, really stormy time uh, for all of us right now. And uh, last week, we were all still happily gathered right here in the hall, physically, in the two campuses. And we were worshipping God together. And I must be honest with you, I was really looking forward that this week, I could preach to a crowd of life-warm bodies. But it was not meant to be. And, um, you know, I can understand that many of us may be feeling a little bit disappointed and maybe a bit discouraged and maybe tired because of all the changes that are happening. But I want to assure you that, you know, the Lord is still in charge. Amen? The Lord is still in charge, even in spite of all the 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 uh, transmissions the covid-19 that's happening in the community right now in spite of all that it can be heartbreaking it can be really difficult for many of us but let us keep our eyes fixed on jesus and it's important for us you know to process some of these emotions process some of this news that we are hearing out there and invite the lord to come and encourage us let's do that because the lord is there to encourage us. And I also want to share with you that God is still doing great things among us. I want to assure you that. And uh, just uh, over the past two, three weeks, I want to tell you that I've actually heard personally of at least three to four uh, people who have just come to make first-time decisions to follow Jesus Christ in our church. Hallelujah! At least three to four of them are still coming to Christ this few weeks. And not only that, uh, uh, recently I just uh, helped to conduct one of our new converts class and there are just these six brothers who are young working adults and they just completed our new converts GIC class. And the Lord is adding young people into our midst and we give Him praise for that. And just last year, last year in my region, we only had one young working adult grace group. But you know, this year, just within the course of one year, we have three young working adult grace groups uh, uh, right now. And so Lord, we just want to give God all the glory. And did you know that there are grace groups that are currently in the midst of multiplication right now? There are just too many of them. They are bursting, at it seems, and they need to multiply. And so for, for many of us who, who may have thought, you know, it's not possible to do grace groups online, I want to tell you what's happening right now is actually proving us wrong. That the Lord can still move even through our online grace groups. So shall we just give God the glory? Why don't you type in the chat right now? Type, yay, Jesus. Y-A-Y, Jesus. And give Him the glory. Amen. He's still doing great things among us. Praise God. And so, um, just as per what Pastor Victor introduced me, I'm Pastor Peter, in case you don't know me. And, um, and today, I'm very excited to bring you God's Word. And, you know, today we're on the third part of our sermon series, Breaking the Circuit. In case you didn't realize that, you know, all the titles in this sermon series are actually uh, terms we're very familiar with, right? You notice that? And um, the first part of the series was preached by Pastor Wilson, and it's about SHN Dedicated Facility, And there, he actually shared with us how our success is an avenue for God's plans to be fulfilled and how our afflictions actually can be used by God to strengthen our character and to increase our faith. Just last week, Pastor Meng Chan preached on Pharaoh Unmasked. Pharaoh Unmasked. And uh, we saw how we need to fear God and to do right in spite of the pressures around us to compromise. And we have to learn from the two midwives, Pua and Shifra. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you about preparing the essential worker. And uh, we thank God for our essential workers, isn't it? We we, we thank God that, you know, we have our food delivery riders. We thank God we have our healthcare workers, our teachers, and all that out there to, to really serve us during this very crucial time. But... They were prepared beforehand, isn't it? They were trained, they were prepared so that they can serve us in this very difficult time. And so the big idea for today's message is actually God prepares the way for our deliverance even before we cry out to Him. Yes, He prepares the way for our deliverance even before we cry out to Him. So the key word today is prepare. We're to type in the chat right now, Prepare. Yes, God prepares that for us. It's amazing. Uh, And and I know God has a word for each one of you today. Hallelujah. You know, during the pandemic, uh, there was one game that actually rose in popularity dramatically. Okay, and there was also a a drama series actually produced by, by Netflix on this game. Okay, I don't know if you know what this drama series is, but this game is the game of... Chess. Yes, I never knew I would actually uh, want to watch a series on chess. But this game became really, really popular during the pandemic. And uh, I don't know how many of you play chess. But many famous players actually shared the importance of actually seeing one step ahead when you play chess. Isn't it? You need to see one step ahead of your opponent if you were to beat him. And uh, there is this 8-year-old boy that actually can reportedly see 20 steps ahead of, of his opponent. And he actually, he's a child prodigy, and he actually dreams of becoming the youngest chess grandmaster in the world. Wow, promising young guy. And, uh, but I want to tell you that our God is the one who sees 100 steps ahead. He sees 1,000 steps ahead. That's why He can prepare a way of deliverance for us even before we cry out to Him. Hallelujah! What great assurance that is for all of us. And so before I carry on, I want to just commit this time to God in prayer. Why don't you join with me and bow our heads right now. Hallelujah! Father, we praise You, O God, for You are the one who sees ahead and You know what's in the future. Father, in these turbulent and difficult times, we ask, O God, that Your Word will bring hope into every heart that is listening right now. Father, you stir faith in our hearts. Let the Word of God bring strength, bring encouragement, oh Father, to every person that is listening so that Lord, they will know that we can trust you in every crisis and in every difficulty because you already have a solution planned for us. We give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Exodus one actually ended on a very ominous note. All right, Pharaoh was there, and he ordered his people to actually uh, throw every Hebrew baby boy that is born into the river. Now, to throw them in, and uh, so so it, it actually started the, the a great conflict. Okay, there was a, a great clash that's about to be happened, and in Exodus two, actually, it sets the stage. For the resolution of that conflict to take place, and what's that? It was Moses. Moses was born, and that's right. And that's what we see in Exodus chapter two. And he was God was actually preparing this essential worker for the crisis. Let's look at verse twenty three to begin. Exodus two twenty three says, "During those many days, the king of Egypt died, and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery." and cried out for help. Now the Israelites cried to God for help. But you know what? For 400 years, they saw nothing happening. It seemed as though nothing was happening for 400 years. And here it was, Moses was actually just being born. Uh, But the Israelites had no idea, isn't it? They didn't know who in the world Moses was. They had no idea that the solution was already in the scene. It was, he was already arrived. And so, we can, we can see really that, that God was already preparing for Moses to be born even before the Israelites cried out to God. And, and, and God was working. God was working behind the scenes even when they did not see it or feel it. Right? We, sang, we sing that song and we love it and we say, you know, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. Yes, God is working even before, even before we cry out and even when we don't see anything. And so I want to encourage you that the Lord is already ahead of us and preparing a way of deliverance. Hallelujah! And so right now, let's dive into Exodus chapter 2. Um, it, and it begins with the birth of Moses. And at this time, Moses was in grave danger because of Pharaoh's decree, right? And, and at this time, uh, uh, we thank God that his mother actually hid him and uh, did, not, uh, did not allow the Egyptians to throw him into the river Nile. And, but when he was too old to remain hidden, his mother actually put him in a waterproof basket and place that basket into the river now. Now, we may all be wondering, you know, that seems like a strange thing to do, right? Because uh, that was exactly what Pharaoh actually ordered the people to do, to throw their babies into the river now. But maybe that was really the, the genius of that plan because no one, no Egyptian, would actually bother to even look into that river to look for survivors, right? And so that's what she did. And uh, Moses' sister actually walked beside at the riverbanks to see what would happen to baby Moses. You know, would he actually uh, capsize? Would the basket capsize? Uh, would, would he hit a big branch? Would he drown? And he was, she was just watching, keeping a close eye on that baby. And miraculously, he, he did not. Nothing bad happened to him. And uh, instead, just at that time, Pharaoh's daughter was in the river and she was bathing and she found Moses. And let's see what happened next, okay, in verse 7 of Exodus chapter 2. Verse 7 says, Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? That was the sister, Moses' sister, approaching Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go! So the girl went and called the child's mother. That was Moses' mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him from me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and she became her son. She named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. What a powerful and prophetic name that was because not only was Moses going to be drawn out of the river now, in a a while you will see in the story that he will be drawn out of the Red Sea as well. And so we see over here, it's very obvious that God's miraculous and supernatural hand was upon baby Moses. It's very obvious we see that his mother was a brave woman and he was, she was willing to defy the orders of Pharaoh, not to give up baby Moses. And so, providentially, uh, uh, Moses was not discovered by the Egyptians and the river could not drown Moses. And not only that, of all people, Pharaoh's daughter was the one who discovered Moses. She was probably the only one in the whole kingdom who could protect the Hebrew baby, Moses. And there she was, right there at the right time. Hallelujah. And not only that, we see that uh, uh, Moses' mother actually nursed him, of all women, she chose Moses' mother to nurse him. And even gets paid doing it. Wow, what are the chances of that? And, and finally, Moses was adopted into the royal family. Wow, we see Moses from being almost murdered to adoption. That, my friend, is the miraculous and the supernatural hand of God. And I want to tell you that that tells us God prepares the way supernaturally. That is the first main point. God prepares the way supernaturally for you and I. He is able to move heaven and earth to prepare the way. God, our God is able, we just sang that earlier, to move heaven and earth. And don't worry, don't worry today if you feel that the odds are stacked against you. Do not need to fear, you know, if if let's say the situation seems impossible. And I want to tell you, don't fret even if the opposition seems too powerful for you because God's Mighty, miraculous, supernatural hand is with you. He is for you and He goes before you. Hallelujah. Why don't we just type in the chat right now, miraculous. Yes, God is a God of miracles. And I want to read to us from Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43 and verse 19. Listen to this very carefully. It says, Behold, behold, look, see. I am doing a new thing. Sometimes we don't see it, isn't it? Sometimes our eyes are blinded. But here, the prophet is saying, Behold, see it. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? You must perceive what God is doing. And listen to this. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And so, gracious, all of you who are listening to me right now, if you feel that you are in the wilderness right now and you look around you, it's trees, it's forest, and, and you're lost, you know, there's no way ahead. I want to tell you that God is saying, I will make a way. I will make a way in this wilderness for you. And, and I will clear all the obstacles. I will pave the way and I will show you the way. And if you feel that you are in a desert right now, God is saying, you look around you, it's all dry, it's parched, there's no sign of life whatsoever. But God is saying, I am going to make a river appear right before your eyes. I can make rivers appear in the desert. And that is what our God can do. And so I want to tell you that nothing is too difficult for God. Nothing is impossible for your God. And you can trust in Him. You can totally rest and completely trust in Him today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yes, God prepares the way supernaturally and so we see in the next part of the story Moses grew up as the prince of Egypt right he grew up you know at this point he was all set for greatness you know he was in a position of power he was the prince of Egypt he was well respected and you know he was living in luxury and in power and so we would say yes you know wow Moses is in the right place you know he's doing well and uh, uh, all he has, needs to do maybe is just to get his father's uh, approval and maybe exercise some power on his part and he can deliver the people of Israel out. That is the perfect plan. Well, let's see what happens next. Okay, in Exodus two eleven, he says, One day when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and looked on their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew one of his people. He looked this way and that and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. It means he killed him and tried to bury him. When he went on the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together and he said to the man in the wrong, Why do you strike your companion? Verse 14 says, He answered, Who made you a prince and judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and he thought, surely this thing is known. And verse 15, when Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian and he sat down by a well. So as Moses was growing up, okay, it's very likely that his mother, his biological mother, uh, taught him about his ancestry and probably taught him about Yahweh even though the people at that time, they could not worship Yahweh freely in Egypt. But I'm sure uh, we can say that, you know, his biological mother would have taught him about that. And because of that, uh, when he, he felt indignant when he saw an Egyptian actually beating one of his own people. He was furious and in fact, he felt so strongly about it, he actually killed that Egyptian. And uh, the next day, he found out that word of what he had done actually had spread and that Pharaoh now wanted to kill him. And so he had no choice but to flee from Egypt. And so you see Moses over here, from being a prince, now he is a fugitive. From prince to fugitive, I'm sure at this point, his whole world must have collapsed. It seemed like the plan had failed. It seemed like like Moses... had had messed up God's plan and he had failed terribly, terribly. And you know what? He did. He failed. And you know why he failed? Do you know how he failed? He failed because he ran ahead of God and did things in his own strength and in his own way. He did that. He ran ahead of God. He tried to do things with his own methods and in His own strength. And isn't that like many of us sometimes? You know, in order to get something that we want, we are in a hurry, you know, we are anxious, we want to get it, and and, you know, we we lie, we cheat, uh, we choose the easy way out, we succumb to certain temptations, and we choose to do things our way. But brothers and sisters, God's way is never to lie and cheat and any of that. It only sabotages God's plans. And, and look at where it has brought Moses, from prince to fugitive. But I want to tell you, the good news is that God was ready to redeem His mistakes. And so listen to this very carefully. This is the, the second main point that we need to know, that God prepares for contingencies. Yes, God prepares for contingencies. First, he prepares the way supernaturally, and then he prepares for contingencies. You know, some of you may be thinking in your heart, God, I'm in this bad situation right now, and it was all my fault. I did it, I, I brought it upon myself. You know, I, I disobeyed God, I, I succumbed to those temptations, I, and I did it in my own strength. You know, it was my fault. And you say, can, can God really uh, uh, deliver me from this situation? It was me who is the one who dug a hole and fell into it myself. Can God really redeem my mistakes? And I want to tell you today that the answer is yes. 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 God can and will redeem our mistakes. And I want to tell you why. Why? Because our God is the expert Redeemer. He is our Redeemer, the expert at it. And He already performed the most dramatic of all redemptions. What is that? What is that most dramatic of all redemptions? We also sang about it in today's worship earlier. From from humans who are, are sinful, filthy, rebellious, enemies of God, He took them, redeemed them and became saints, children of God, holy, cleansed and righteous before God. That is the redemptive work of God. Hallelujah! And if He can do that for human, for mankind, He can redeem your mistakes and my mistakes. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 tells us, listen to this very carefully. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. This was referring to the gospel that was hidden in mystery. Alright, nobody expected how Jesus would come. It was hidden. And no mind could conceive it. And this was talking about the gospel. And when it all seemed lost, it was a lost cause because men had failed God, Israel failed God, Israel's kings and judges failed God. That was the time when God says, I already foreknew that. And He says, I'm going to send my son. I'm going to send my only son to come and die and redeem humankind. Hallelujah, that is the gospel. And that is what God does. He is the expert redeemer. Why don't you type in the chat right now? Expert redeemer. And that is who our God is. And for us, we just need to humble ourselves. We just really need to repent of our mistakes and trust God to turn the whole situation around for good. Because He is able to do that. So whatever your mistakes are, God is prepared for them and can redeem them. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so let's move on. Moses actually fled from Egypt, right? At this uh, third part of the story, he fled from Egypt and he found a group of Midianites. Alright? now uh, Who are the Midianites? Okay, The Midianites are, are maybe a very average group of people uh, because they're called Midianites, right? <laughs> so, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, they, they are, they, they're Midianites because they were descendants of of Median, obviously. And uh, Median was actually one of the sons of Abraham. Uh, he was not from the line of Isaac. He was another son of Abraham. That's Median. And uh, the Midianites, they were, uh, uh, they were a, a nomadic group of people. And uh, they worshipped Yahweh. Alright? Uh, they worshipped Yahweh at that time, just like the Israelites did. And so Moses actually stumbled upon The household of one of these Midianite priests. right, he he was a priest, and so he knew about the worship of Yahweh. And he he knew about how who Yahweh was. And so let's read in verse 21 what happens. Exodus 2:21 says, And Moses was content to dwell with this with the man, and he gave Moses his daughter Zipporah. She gave birth to a son, and he called his name. Gershom, for he said, I've been a sojourner in a foreign land. You see, Moses lived as a sojourner, as a foreigner in Egypt all his life, right? Because he was not an Egyptian, uh, he was an Israelite, but he lived as a foreigner in Egypt all his life. But now, interestingly, when he fled from the place where he was born and he was raised up in, he actually found a home. And this home was more similar. To, to his own people then were the Egyptians because these people worshipped Yahweh. And, and it was in such a home that Moses actually uh, found a wife, right? Uh, started a family, and that was the place where he actually lived through the prime of his life, 40 to about 80 years old. He lived through that 40 to 80 years old in obscurity. So from being a fugitive now, He has a family, from fugitive to family. You know, but at least uh, he could really worship Yahweh freely over here, something that the Israelites could not do. And, And we could reasonably say that Moses was more engaged in the worship of God at this time than he was in Egypt. And so there's something for us to learn here. Sometimes God can take us out of our comfort zone you know, take us out of a place of so-called success and put us in a place where we can come nearer to Him. Listen to this. Sometimes He can take us out of our comfort zone and put us in a place where we can worship Him more, where we can draw closer to Him. And so listen to this. Whatever situation you're in, God is doing something in that situation. Hallelujah. And so Moses, you know, um, for 40 long years, all right, Moses lived in the wilderness and nothing exciting, nothing dramatic happened in all of that 40 years. And he was just there, you know, he had he started a family and he was tending sheep. It just all seemed like an unnecessary delay, doesn't it? And worse still, what is Moses going to do uh, at 80 years old? You know, when he was already past the prime of his life, you know, he has lost all the energy and that drive of his youth. You know, why? Why was there such a waste of time? God says, be patient. Be patient because this is when God prepares to execute His plan. God is preparing to execute His plan. He's preparing the person, Moses, uh, the, you know, for, as the essential worker. He's preparing the situation. He's preparing everything you know, to, to fulfill and to do His perfect plan. He's positioning His chess pieces all in the strategically in the right place. And He's preparing the way. It takes time to prepare the essential worker in God's plan. It takes time. And so while we wait, we must trust that God is actually preparing to execute His master plan. We got to trust Him in that. And so some of you will be thinking, you know, why is God taking such a long time? Why is it taking such a long time for all these COVID-19 restrictions to be lifted? You know, and now we are back in Phase 2 heightened alert. Gosh, why is this, why is this such a waste of time? Why is it taking such a long time for this crisis to be over? Or, or maybe you're asking, when, when am I going to get this child that I'm waiting for? Or perhaps when will I be healed of this disease in my body? Or when am I going to have a breakthrough in my career or my business? When is, is my we were child going to come back to God? When are my parents going to get saved? When is it going to happen? God is saying, be still. Be still because I am preparing everything. You don't see it now. But I will make all things beautiful in my time. And so we may not understand why we have to go through some of these things, but we can be sure that God will deliver you because He will do it in just the right time. God is never late. Amen. God is never late. Hallelujah. So you know, as parents, uh, we go through great lengths to prepare for our baby's arrival, right? We go great, great lengths nowadays. Uh, You know, we read up books about how to train our children to sleep, uh, what food to feed them, how to develop the genius in our babies. Uh, Did you know that uh, pregnant women sometimes now, they let their their babies in the womb listen to Beethoven and, and, you know, all of these great musicians because it's apparently supposed to help develop uh, their brains better. And... That is, that is uh, how we pre- try to prepare for our babies to be born. And we also register for kindergarten. Oh gosh, way too early. Many of them, even when the baby is still in the womb, already sign up to join the waiting list in some of those popular kindergartens. Three years ahead of time, we want to prepare them even before they cry out to us. And what else? What about insurance? Oh gosh, insurance. We, we, we get all sorts of insurance. Uh, we we need to get our hospitalization plans, we need our endowment plans, we need our personal accident plans, critical illness, all of them, let's just give it all to us. We want to buy them all for our children. And we spend all that money. We go through all that effort and, and, and all the time. What for? Because we want to prepare for our children. The best way we know how. We kind of know what to expect and we want to prepare them for it. And so God He's an all-knowing, all-powerful God and He wants to do that for us as well. Amen. And so, whatever you're facing right now, God already found you and He has a plan set in motion to prepare a solution for you. So very quickly, two ways to apply. Firstly, cry out to God because He hears you. Knowing that He hears you, verse 23 says, during those many days, the king of Egypt died And the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God. And verse 24, take note of this. And God heard their groaning. And God remembered His covenant with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. God saw the people of Israel and God knew. God responds to our cry. He hears, He remembers, He sees, He knows. So cry out to Him. But don't cry out in fear or anxiety. Cry out in faith because He hears you. And the next thing, look at your troubles from God's perspective. Look at it from His perspective. He sees a hundred steps ahead and He's prepared a way of deliverance for you. He prepares it supernaturally, performing miracles, making a, a rivers in the desert. He prepares for contingencies. He's ready to redeem our mistakes and He prepares to execute His plan. He will do it in His perfect time. And so friends, those of you who are listening, I believe this is God's message for you wherever you are right now. Whether you're at home, whether you know, you're in your living room or maybe you're listening to a podcast, maybe you're, you're in the car or you're in the train or the bus, this is God's message for you and you need to respond to God. Respond to Him today. I know there are some of you who need a miraculous move of God in your situation. You need God to move in a miraculous way. And I just, you know, I just ministered to a pre-believer battling fourth stage cancer. And a group of us came and we shared the Gospel. We prayed for them because we believe that the power of the Gospel is enough to perform miracles and to save people. And so, If that is you, I want to pray with you. Why don't you tap in the chat right now and say, I trust God. Say, I trust God. Confess it, that He can make a miracle for you. Whatever you need, maybe it's a healing of a severe illness. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe you need miraculous provision for your family or your business. Maybe, maybe you're battling an addiction right now. Let me pray with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that you are the way maker. You are the miracle worker, oh God. Lord, I thank you that you are the one who heals us. Lord, you can can provide that healing miracle to all those who are listening right now. And those of you who need a healing in your body, why don't you put your hand on that part of your body that is hurting or put it on your heart. And Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, I release the healing power of God upon every single one of these right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, you say that I'm the God who heals you. Father, I command every cancer to leave right now. In the name of Jesus, every pain must leave the body, every cell, every muscle, every bone and tissue. You must respond to the Word of God and be healed in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, you you, you open the heavens and supply every miracle, oh God, that your people need. Lord, let faith arise. Let mountains be removed in the name of Jesus and I declare freedom. Freedom for every person, oh God, from every addiction and every struggle. We thank you in Jesus' name. And so there's another group of you, I believe, that God wants to speak to, that you want God to redeem your mistakes. You know, you may have committed certain mistakes in your life and you've done things in your own time or methods, you rely on your own strength, it's time to surrender. It's time to surrender and let God take over. Maybe you just need to stop worrying and start trusting. Maybe you just need to own up to your mistakes, humble yourself and allow God to redeem it. Maybe you just need to leave your painful past behind and take that bold step of faith forward as God is leading you. And so don't let your past define your future. So if that's you, just bow your heads and pray with me right now. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we humble ourselves before You. God, we have made mistakes in our life. We ask for Your forgiveness, oh God. Lord, You come and You redeem our mistakes. You are the expert Redeemer. Come and redeem the hurts that we have caused others. Come and, re- come, and come and redeem, oh God, the wrong decisions we have made and come and turn them around for good, for Your glory. Father, today we choose to stop worrying we choose to own up, O oh God, to our mistakes. We choose to leave our past behind. And Lord, I declare it's a new day. It's a new day, O oh God. Lord, You make all things new. You are the expert redeemer. God, You come and You redeem, O oh God. We thank You, Jesus, that there is hope in You. Hallelujah, there is forgiveness in You. Thank You, Jesus. We give You praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And those of you who need more prayer, you can come to Hallow at Grace for more prayer after this service. I want to encourage you to do that. And right now, let's respond to God. We're going to sing a song. Let's respond to Him by declaring that God is still working even though we don't see it, even though we don't feel it. Let's respond to God right now.